The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all for joining us this Wednesday evening as well, too. A lot going on in the last 72 hours in the sports world as well. We got some deja vu. We got some some teams moving on, some teams stepping back, and a whole lot going on, and a carousel continuing to spin. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, it's something feels awfully familiar about today. It's not quite Groundhog Day, but you know what? There's a lot of similarities between today and what we saw at this time last year. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very similar um, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, a lot less question. I feel like there's a lot less questionable decisions that have been made, and it's than what we've seen versus last year. I, I knew there was a couple. I just shook my head at last year. This year seems to be pretty, pretty, like all right, these make sense um, so far. Uh, now, I mean, we we say that with two big holes left left to fill here, and um, technically three, but we kind of know where the third one is going to end up at. We're just kind of waiting for the T's to be dotted and the I's to be you know, cross, if you will, or vice versa. Um, I always mess up that saying, but yeah, yeah, you know, you get what I'm saying. It, it is it, waiting, waiting on the final paperwork there. Um, should be a matter of time, but yeah, that's, it's, it's been fun to, fun to watch so far as far as we're getting ready for now the Super Bowl um, and the Pro Bowl games. Um, I guess we can call them now. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, yeah. Some kind of hilarity that's going to ensue. That's not going to be tackle related. And I can't wait really. And we got the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl going on right now as well, too. So NFL draft season has officially started, and we know that's one of our favorite times as well, too. But we got a whole lot to get into as well, too, as well as a, a final goodbye for the second week in a row. We're saying goodbye, it feels like, as well, too. But we're going to get all to that in just a second. We're going to go ahead and start things off by going into our first segment. Our first segment, of course, is known as the tip-off. And tip-off looking a little bit different this week. Brought to you by our friends over at RexMD, Telehealth for Men. 90% off RexMD and only pay $2 per dosage by clicking the link on your screen. But right now it's RexMD.com backslash belly up as well. And Kelsey, this is, this is a new one. We're very excited to work with them as well too. Especially right now we're looking at, do you some RexMD kind of has everything you need for telehealth for men. I mean, right now, if you need a little help in the bedroom, Valentine's day is just around the corner and our sponsors at RexMD are here to help you make the most of the best night of your life. Erectile dysfunction is a common medical issue that over 30 million, yes, three zero men, million men in the U.S. tackle every day. We've had all of those nights where we get a little too nervous and just need a little bit of help. The doctors at RexMD will evaluate you online, no office visit needed, and ship medication directly to your door before the big day. With RexMD, they're here to help provide you with real FDA, FDA-approved medications at the right price as well, too. And they do a lot more than that as well, too. Yeah, you look, it's not just ED medication we're looking at here. You're also looking at medications to help with sexual health, hair growth, pain relief, and sleep aid. All the things as men we all kind of just deal with, and we, we just throw it under the throw it under the rug there. Uh, but look, RexMD is here to make sure that you save big and make sure that, you know, it's all FDA-approved, clinically tested, and, and it is a U.S. licensed pharmacy. So you'll be getting FDA-approved ED treatments at a 90% cheaper rate than the doctor's. And Yes, I'm dead serious. 90% cheaper rate. It's fast, simple, and cheap. And you can access your U.S. licensed RexMD Rex physician anytime you need afterwards. They've already helped over 350,000 guys gain confidence quickly and conveniently. And you already mentioned there's 30 million of us out there that are dealing with these issues. And it just takes just a matter of time to call them, get a hold of them, and get everything set up. So act now. Take advantage of this Valentine's deal by heading over to RexMD.com 
slash belly up sports. Get an exclusive deal with up to 90% off where you'll pay as low as $2 per dosage on generic Viagra instead of getting the 90 plus dollars on, you know, your actual standard Viagra. So starter packs of generic Viagra or Cialis are available for our listeners to get started. And that's rexmd.com slash belly up sports for your 90% off order. As there's links in our bio there, guys, go check it out. Uh, we're, pr- we're proud to have these guys on as a sponsor now. Absolutely as well too. It is a pleasure to have them join us as well too. You know what? We're going to start this topic off by talking about a certain player who's been giving a shaft to 31 different NFL teams over the last two decades now as well. We're going to the retirement of the GOAT, Tom Brady, once again, 365 days later from his initial inaugural retirement, announcing today that he's going to call it quits in a much less uh, dramatic form, just posting a video on social media, recording out on the beach by by some dunes, it looks like as well, too. You could probably see some people walking their dogs in the background. Very casual, very relaxed, and Sounds like this one might be official. He got to beat Adam Schefter too. He didn't let Adam Schefter ruin his big moment this year as well too. So, might feel. I think this one might just feels a little more. I'm gonna wait about the mandatory thirty to ninety days before I officially put my stamp on it as well too. But this one feels a little bit more climactic, like a little more. There's a stamp on it compared to last year. Yeah, I felt like last year's was kind of a just like wow. This is not really. This doesn't feel something about this didn't feel right. And I said it on the show. I said it. Before he announced his retirement, the day after he announced his retirement, when he did our show, I said it then. I didn't feel right about it. I said, you know, I claimed it was a stunt for Crypto.com. I was not totally mm-hmm. wrong. They did use it in a crypto commercial, Crypto.com commercial, but that wasn't the entire stunt. No, mm-hmm. it, it just he wanted to talk about it. But I'll say with how much he's been talking about it this year, and I, I said it before, with how, it worried me going into the season how much he talked about retirement. It worried me during the season how much he talked about retirement. Now even after the season, it worried me how much he talked about it. And then that final interview with Tampa Bay reporters, he was like, basically, here's my here's my signature letter. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's the last time we'll see Tom Brady in a, in a football jersey? I, I don't know. Maybe. I worry this is going to be like the T.O. scenario where he's like going to end up on the Seahawks of all teams trying to catch footballs. Like, I, I worry this is going to end up like that. Like, he's not fully going to retire. Like, I'll wait until his paperwork hits the tables of the commissioner and then like it's a fully announcement and then he begins his vesting period for hall of fame. That's what I'm really going to wait for. But yeah, I think that the natural 60 days is, is what's to wait for just because it's Tom Brady. I mean, you mentioned it, he's been given the shaft to 31 other coaches every weekend, week out of his entire career. And it would be the ultimate shaft to just, Hey, I'm going to announce my retirement. And then, Oh wait, the San Francisco 49ers want me. All right. I guess I can go back to my Bay, Baytown roots and, and and head over to San Francisco and and go play there, like why not play for College Anahan and that squad? And it's all set up there. All I got to do is throw dink and dunks to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and they just run it sixty eight yards. Okay, George Kittle runs through everything he touches. All right, like I don't know if I see Tom Brady fully retired, but I will say this: if he's fully retired, good riddance and and good luck, um, because as he learned early on last year, how, uh, retirement is not easy. I'm um, trying to figure out what to to replace all that with. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I'm not sold yet. I will say the one thing you mentioned, too, is right now I think he's sold. I think through the offseason he'll be sold. But I'm curious what happens in week eight when Miami's looking for a quarterback after two gets hurt or a team like that that's in contention that suddenly needs somebody to step in. And maybe you're like, hey, Tom, do you want to come in? You get Tom Brady, maybe you toss Gronk out of it. You get a two-for-one package as well because they're – Gronk's been flirting with the idea of coming back all season long as well. So I think that is one thing to keep an eye on is if somebody, a contender type team as well, to like a team with weapons and 
an offense that he feels maybe even the Raiders that they get cooking early behind Jared Sidham. I, I don't know. But if a team lo- is looking for a situation like that, I could see it happening as well. Unlikely, if you, we went we went on and on about it a little bit more last year, looking back on his legendary career, the greatest resume in all of NFL history. Like the resume speaks for itself. Whether you like him, you love him, you hate him. I knew one person in college who compared him to McDonald's. They said he wasn't really good. He was just consistently there, which kind of goes along with greatness, I guess. I thought that was a weird comparison, considering in sports being consistently there is greatness. But I digress. Yeah. I, I digress. Some people love McDonald's too. So we're gonna. I would say no matter what your thoughts on him are, it's definitely gonna be a. It's definitely a f- changing of the guard feeling, even though they were kind of bad this year as well too. And we'll see what what the what the future holds for him as well too. And. I think this one's definitely more final than last year's because he's always talked about playing to 45. Even ever since he hit 40, he was talking about the number 45. He's 45 now, so I could I could see it kind of holding there. We'll see. Maybe he changes his mind, goes for 50. Who knows? But if it's this, uh, he's got $370 million in broadcasting on the table right now. So it, yeah, it, that's, I mean, not that's, that's not a bad deal. <laughs> not at like, all. As it, well. It's It's got to be one of those things. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, you have. I, I think this is where, where it might end up going. And the why I, I, I worry he's like not fully invested in retirement. He might end up the Tony Romo concept where he just goes straight from retirement to booth because he's just like, this is the closest thing I can do without being on the field and hurting myself. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it all. And and like, Tom, you need to take a break for yourself. Like I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go out there and say it like Tom, I may have not been your biggest supporter in your, your entire career. But I think it's time for you to take a moment and like really smell the roses for a year. Like I don't want to see him in the, in the booth week one in 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 twenty twenty three. I don't. I really don't because I want him to just relax. He has kids. He has you know lives for it with his kids that he has not got a chance to really explore. Like I want to see Tom Brady, the dad, kind of like what we see with Tiger and as as a dad now. Like I want to see that with Tom Brady. Because he has a chance there to, to finally develop something that he, you know, he never really took the chance to because he's such a hardcore, hard-nosed competitor. He doesn't turn the off switch off on the offseason. Like, his offseason starts the day the day after, and he's already in practice. Like, like he's already practicing the next day after he loses. Like, that's type of the, the type of person Tom Brady is. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see him go right into the booth. Like, I know there's a lot of money on the table there. But I just don't want to see it. I, I really, really, really hope he takes like a whole season off and just just relaxes. Absolutely. Just definitely. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised he jumps in the booth and then at halftime he sees something like maybe a quarterback goes down. He walks out of the booth and tries to suit up as well, too. I, I, there's something goofy. Like he might be the first one to call his own game live from the huddle or something. So, you know what? He might have his Let's... shoulder pads on underneath the, the, the suit, to be honest. <laughs> He's got them right underneath the camera angle, right out of side. Like the CBS jackets they have there, right underneath, he's got the CBS shoulder pads ready to pull up over the top of it as well. So definitely agree. Whichever direction he goes, it's always it's been, for better and for worse, a pleasure to watch as well too, both in pain and in glory as well too. We'll definitely, we'll see how this one holds up. We're gonna, we're The flowers are there, but we're not going to water them quite yet as well too. So we'll, we'll wait to talk a little bit more on to make sure it's a little more final or if it's another crypto commercial as well, but. Next, we're going to move on to what used to be the Brady Invitational. We're going to talk about the recap of championship weekends here. The Super Bowl is now set. The current Andy Reid's taking on the former Andy Reid's as Kansas City is going to take on the Kelsey's least favorite team in the NFC East, the second least favorite team in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles as well. And we'll go and start with the NFC East game because we'll get the disappointment one out of the way. It never really got off the ground. Roughly four passes into the, four passes into the game, Brock Purdy, 
tears his UCL, might even need Tommy John surgery. It's kind of up in the air if he'll even be able to play next year or the start of the season next year. And then Josh Johnson comes in at quarterback. John Johnson, excuse me. Or is it Josh Johnson? Either way, he comes John in at quarterback. John Johnson, okay. yeah. All right. It was he Josh Johnson in. because the corner or the safety is John Johnson. There we go. Okay. They, that's too too many J's for what simple name for those yeah. names. But either way, he goes down with a concussion, not even a quarter into actually playing. And they end up going with a quarterback with one arm, and it's not even the throwing arm the rest of the way. Just a mess. So the Eagles, pretty much as you would imagine, when you're going against a team with no quarterback, run this one home. Well, I'll kind of get the thoughts from you here first. Did the Eagles win impress you? Did it disappoint you? Or is it just like, well, this was bound to happen? I <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's just exactly what I expected just because like I had been waiting for the, the shoe to fall off on Brock Purdy for a while. And so it was no surprise that it, it was like fine at the time the Eagles just take one home and, and ride home to, to, to victory. The big surprise is obviously the injuries. Like I, I'm not chalking up to, you know, a UCL injury and then a concussion as to a good game plan by the Eagles. Like I can't do that. Like I can't give you props for, injuring another player you accidental or not in Dominican Sue. Um, but you know what? It's, it is what it is. It's part of the game and you gotta, you know, unfortunately we talked about this a couple episodes ago, you can only play what's in front of you at the end of the day. So I can't like fault them at the same time. I can't like applaud them for a good game plan. I'm just going to say, yeah, they did their thing. Um, you know, they went out there and they knew when to shut it down. Uh, you know, I, the exact driving would have shut it down much to the screen of, you know, disdain of my betting, uh, I needed a few more Jalen Hurts rushing yards. That's fine. But you know what? That didn't doesn't mean anything to them. Um, and and at the end of the day, it's it, you, know, you, you did what you had to do to get to the Super Bowl. It t- sometimes it takes a little bit of luck to get there. And I mean, I'm not going to say getting a player on the other side is injured, but it's lucky. But like, let's be honest, it definitely takes a giant cut out of the other team when they have to go with a four string quarterback who is a former USFL guy and XFL guy. That's a bounce around the league type of guy and uh yeah i don't know it's nothing the eagles did wasn't really insane to me like it just really wasn't i they, they were don't me wrong son reddick is still scary but like you're going up against that offensive line and who at that point in time is like i don't even know who i'm supposed to be blocking because this guy doesn't even know who he's supposed to be calling out as the mike linebacker we're just kind of out here just making things work if we can um, that's really what it was for the, for the Niners. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it is, it was disappointing, uh, more from the standpoint of, I wish the Niners defense could have done anything, anything really useful, but they seemed to fold it in once Brock Purdy went down. So it was just like, all right, well, this game's pretty well chalked up now. Like they did it. They did a good job there. And there, there, there's a middle stretch there where like, you know, four drives, they did a good job of shutting it down. And then it was just, all right, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We're going to get out of here. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it was, it's a dirty feeling, but at the same time, like the Eagles did what they had to do. Like you can't take anything away from them. You can't really give them a lot of credit either. It's, it's hard to exactly give them the big, like the giant praise, like they came back, but the giant win over the second best team in the NFC, the two teams that were clearly one, a one B coming into a 12 game win streak. Number one seed took a little bit of luster out of it, but, like you said, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Donate them Gardner Minshew and go to quarterback so you can beat them. Yeah, more directly. Like, There's not a whole lot else you can do there. What I will say is Son Reddick made his case of why he should have been in the defensive player of the year uh, runnings. Not to take anything away from the three that were in there, but they should have made it a four-person award at that point or four-person nomination because, my goodness, he put on a clinic. And 
I'm going to take my time to yell at NFL Twitter because this one blew up as soon as that play happened. You look at the play on paper, you see tight ends trying to block us on Reddick, and of course he's going to win that matchup. They're like, why do you do that? Kyle Shanahan, you're stupid. That's not how it works. The play design is built. What do the Shanahans do best? Outside zone, play action off the outside zone off of a bootleg. They've been doing that since 1990, before most of everybody listening was born, probably. Is what they is what they've done going back to Mike Shanahan. Worked with Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, everybody in between. John Elway. <laughs> Go, everybody you can think of. Part of that is your run game looks like your pass game, which involves that tight end pulling and oftentimes blocking the backside edge because it means your right tackle gets downhill going to the outside. Cut. It's basically cut blocks leaving for a cutback for the running back. You can't see my hands and it makes no sense, but I don't have a chalkboard to point it out. In order for that to work, for lack of a better term, in sickness and in health, play action and the run game have to be married. And that part of that means they have to look exactly the same. Sometimes a tight end gets, if the defensive end keeps his contained like Hassan Reddick did because he is that dude, he's in a good position to just beat it, go after the quarterback. Quarterback has to try and step up and have really clean footwork. The goal is to get the edge rushing off right off of there, getting way too deep chasing the running back and giving your t- quarterback the, the outside edge. Hassan Reddick is that good that it just happened to work out where he's in the right spot. Sometimes when it works, Kyle Shanahan's a genius. When it doesn't work, we saw what happened. The the injury to how often do you see that that hit every Sunday? How often does it lead to a UCL injury? Can't think of another one, honestly, off the top of my head. Can't think of another one. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen a, a, a complete UCL tear. That's for Ex- sure. Exactly. So at the same time, while you can get on Kyle Shannon for a lot, a lot of the things he's done, like the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game, the, the other Super Bowl, this one you can't really blame him for. I mean, sometimes in those situations, if you if you keep your right tackle McGlinchey back to a, try and block him, A, Hassan Reddick might beat him anyway. B, all mm-hmm. the defensive front seven is going to read the keys to that. And be like, yeah, this ain't a run. We ain't, full, we ain't falling for that. And they're going to pin their ears back anyway. So everybody who wants to be the Twitter coach, reel it in a little bit. Just reel it in just a yeah. little bit as well. Second of all, Eagles, we both kind of thought they were going to win. That wasn't too surprising. I think it, I think what was interesting to see is just how they could – they more or less were like, all right, we don't need to throw the ball. We're not even going to try to because we can just – run. we're going to have the ball for 40 minutes this game because they can't stay on the field. We're just going to run the ball with our four running backs at this point and Jalen Hurts, and we'll get out of here, and he still managed to score 31 points doing it. So the Eagles, uh, the path to the Super Bowl wasn't quite as difficult, but they will have their hands full as they take on the ASC representative who we'll talk about. This was the one that you and we were kind of talking about, like, oh, my goodness, it is 50-50. Kelsey's Bungles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, two, arguably the two best quarterbacks in the game, definitely two of the top four or five going head-to-head and. Honestly, this was a really, really good game. I thought even though there was officiating controversy to the point where people now are trying to ask, there is a petition to do a do-over going around. Oh, which, gosh. Yeah, exactly. It's like reel it in, everybody. Like, there's, I'll let you go first because I've been rambling for a lot now as well, too. And I, I, Before I get going on this, I'll let you go and take over this game, your reactions, your thoughts, and just looking back on it. Okay, first of all, like, can we just continue this conversation about can we not ever – try to go into another team, the number one team in, in, in the AFC, the number one team in your, in your, in your conference, and, and be like, hey, let's just rename your guys a stadium who they – if you did it into Cincinnati, okay, because you, we, nobody cares about Paycor Stadium. But you're trying to rename Arrowhead, Burrowhead. How stupid do you need to be players? I'm going to start with that. Do not add – fuel to the fire of anything that this this chief's team needed that then that was the rule number one they broke it 
Done. All right. So you already set a foot back now. All right. Now you have to try to deal with a pissed off Patty, a pissed off Travis Kelsey, a pissed off defense who, uh, by the way, uh, pissed off Chiefs defense, not really something I want to deal with. And by the way, neither did the Cincinnati Bengals Um, (laughs) to be blunt about it. Uh, it was it was a good game. Like, don't get me wrong, a 23-20 game, uh, 270 yards of Burrow, a touchdown, and you know two picks. Yeah, on the other side, Patty going 326 and two touchdowns. Um, so you did that? Did that really work, guys? Did it really work calling it Burrowhead? No, it didn't. Didn't work that way. Um, Joe Mixon, though, I got I, I got to go to this Joe Mixon situation. What the hell? Where did he go? Where did he disappear to? Eight rushes for 19 yards. I don't think he had a reception either. If he only had one reception in the red zone, that was just short of the end zone because I had a Joe Mixon anytime touchdown in his stone. It's it. Do you think he hits I, the wind? I I don't know what happened. What happens with him? I don't I don't know if he's valuable to anybody. Like I don't like to me. Like if, you can't disappear. That is three straight games in the playoffs. He just gone like to the wind. So, he was okay against Buffalo last week, but every other every other time, no, like I the mean, last last six 40, weeks, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. okay, forty yards off of twelve rushes, you I guess you can call okay. hundred last week. Oh, was it hundred last week? Oh, yeah, I'm skipping a touchdown. It was the previous right, six I'm, weeks I'm, before I'm, that he had zero touchdowns. But yes, I agree with you. Like you it's at this point, uh, it feels like the writing's on the wall. He might be a cap casualty at this point as well, too, because like you said, you can't yeah. disappear when Samaj P. Ryan could come in and do 80% of what you do. Exactly. It, it was just embarrassing uh, across the across the board. And I mean, so you mentioned Samaj P. Ryan, who did get a rushing touchdown, gave you 22 yards rushing on only five carries. Oh, and by the way, your quarterback gave you four rushes for 30 yards because he's running for his life. Um, you know, I, I, I got to just say across the board, this this team, they were they were trying to do what they, they could do, but it just felt like, they were really going up against it. It felt like Icarus pushing the rock up the mountain type of situation. Just, yeah, you can get close, but eventually that rock's going to melt and you're going to have to start at the bottom again. Um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunately not going to work again. And, and you're going to try day in, day out as you're going to be pushing up that mountain because that was just not a fun performance to watch. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, they had their opportunities there at the end, but you knew the moment that Patty gets the ball, uh, you know, after Chris Jones gets that gets that epic stop, that he's like, all right, well, Patty's not going to give this one up. This is going, this is game over right here and now. I don't even need to watch the end of this. And lo and behold, forty seconds later, you're watching Harrison Bucker kick a field goal um, right through the uprights. After sure, maybe some questionable calls, but there's holding. First of all, there's holding on every call, on every play. Doesn't one that matter. took a touchdown off the board for Kansas City too. Yeah, like. I, I, I'm tired of hearing people be like, oh, you need to call every holding. No, you really don't want to see what happens. If you want to call, watch every holding be called, go watch a Little League Sunday game full of seven- and eight-year-old peewee, mighty mites, whatever they are, and, and tell me how entertaining that is. I can tell you. It's miserable. It's absolutely awful. Um, as a kid who played there and then watched them and then coached them, it is absolutely miserable to watch those kids. Um, and then – yeah, if, if they call holding every play, a Browns versus Steelers game would take 19 hours. The amount of times TJ Watt and Miles Garrett would get held, like nobody actually wants that. Yeah, like so you know, and sure, at the end of the day, is the foul on Patty a little soft? Yeah, but is it egregious? Like, is it obvious? Yeah, 
like you put hands on the man and it, obviously forward momentum got, was was created there so yeah you, you shouldn't have done that either like i don't fault the hustle but i fault the just knowledge of the gotta situation like, yeah you gotta like pull your hands off the push kind of made it impossible and patty's kind of this is gonna be the one profanity of the show right patty's an asshole when he's running the ball because we remember what he did a couple years ago to the titans i think it was oh yeah playoffs, running along the side of them like he's gonna go out of bounds and suddenly makes four guys miss and gets a rushing touchdown like He's an asshole to play against when he runs just, on the side. Just line. stand if still. You, yeah. If you hold up, he will try and juke or run over you or pull, pull some magic, which he's capable of. A very, very good athlete. But if you start to get close to him, he will run out of bounds and draw and hit. Like it's almost like when Steph Curry would draw fouls while shooting threes and coming off of those screens, that sort of thing. Like yeah. not faulting him for it's, it, but as a defender, you're like, you're an a-hole. I don't need to deal yeah. with this patch. Like so in that case, if he doesn't, even on his high ankle sprain, if he does not, if he stops running, Patty's gonna gain another six yards. Like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Just maybe next time chest bump him in the back instead of actually pushing him. But at that next point, next time they... don't put your hands out. Like I, I want to see your face mask go into that pay or that arrow to arrowhead turf and take up all the turf because you didn't use your hands to stop yourself. That's what I want to see. Because if you don't put your hands out there, you're a okay. But you know what? If you would dove your body there, if he dives like he did and just keeps his hands by his sides, he would protect one against Patty doing what he did. Like Patty skipping along and skipping to his loo down the sideline. If he wants to continue down the sideline or B, like the, the penalty there. So he protects both things and won't get a penalty called on him. And they're trying to kick a what 55 yard field goal instead of a 40 yard field goal. So, and there was still eight seconds left as well too. There's still time for them to get another 10 yards as well too, as we've seen, like you don't need that much time. So like that aside penalty did not cost them the game. The officials did not cost them the game as poorly of an officiated game as it was all around. So everyone pull back that petition. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. really like the game wasn't even as close as the score. If we're being honest too, it felt like the chiefs had full control and the Bengals got into it by Patty fumbling while throwing a screen and Joe Burrow throwing into double coverage on fourth and 15 and Jamar chase being Jamar chase. And then throwing the double coverage and T Higgins being T Higgins. Like there's a few of those like fourth down Madden, you know what he out there somewhere and it just happened to work. Like that's, yeah. It's it if you take away two plays suddenly the game or if you add one play to Kansas City it's like twenty eight to seventeen so obviously yeah, I mean, great like, job there's there's a couple doing, there's a couple doing. drops from from Kansas City that if you know it goes the other way this game is a, is a washout like this game is down you know you're looking at thirty five twenty maybe or maybe even forty plus twenty like it's it it could it could have been a washout one way or the other so yeah it's it wouldn't have been the Chiefs just to be within three at the end of this one. Count your lucky blessings there. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I, I, to say that you want a, a replay, look, just get out of here with that. I get out. Uh, no, no. I will say I feel bad because on fourth and four, when I was the only one who picked the Chiefs, I mentioned this was the first time Kadarius Tony and Mikal Hardman would both be suited up in the same game. And sure enough, they both get hurt in the same game as well, too. Like, not the normal, they've been staggering their injuries since Kadarius Tony came over. This time they just both went out. So it was Marquez Valdez Scantling and some dude who has more tackles and receptions in his career as their two receivers. And please, Travis Kelsey, be out there somewhere. So, honestly, it was a, I'm not going to say a Herculean performance by the Chiefs, but in one of their better performances in recent years, which is saying a lot with what they've done. Bengals, they'll be just fine. They'll be right back into it. Mayors don't get involved in sporting events. When you try and ask for a paternity test, you get Patrick Mahomes going off for 300 passing yards. So, Cincinnati's mayor, go back to Kentucky and probably keep that one to yourself. Kansas City. But you know what? We'll, we'll, we're, we've taken a lot of time, so we're going to move forward now, wrapping up the tip off. We got the Super Bowl matchup. Chiefs taking on the Eagles. Give me one storyline you're looking for. We're not going to give our predictions now because A, it's two weeks away. 
B, we got a fun, we got some fun plan for next week's show leading to the Super Bowl. And C, we got a few Super Bowl shows to go on to make our prediction. So give me the one storyline or right now you're looking into, whether it's a matchup, something funny, Andy Reid and his cheeseburgers, whatever it is. As much as I'd love to do Andy Reid and his family and his cheeseburgers, I got to go with the Kelsey Bowl. It's the Kelsey Bowl. I am Kelsey. I, it is the Kelsey Bowl. The Kelsey Bowl is the, the storyline here. I am the storyline, dang it. No, I'm just kidding. And obviously, we're talking Jason and Travis uh, brothers here going against each other um, for the first time for a Super Bowl. So very interested to see how that goes. They are uh, they talk about it, obviously, on uh, their, their podcast as well. And it's a very fun podcast to, to listen to. Um, cannot wait to see uh, really what, what leads into the next couple of weeks here. Um, but yeah, this that, to me, I think that's going to be like, obviously they don't match up against each other ever, but I just, for the life of me, I, it's just very curious. And, and, uh, if you listen to what Jason says, Jason says, like, Travis, you're already a hall of famer. Let me have the super bowl. Mm. Travis on the other hand is like, look, I need to, I need to know the super bowl to get a hall of fame guarantee. So, uh, you know what? Take that with us. I don't think Jason or Travis needs to worry. I think they're both hall of famers, but Hey, um, the Kelsey bowl is going to be something to watch for. So. We already know the best dress is going to Travis Kelsey, though. Sorry, sorry, Jason. And honestly, too, I, if Jason wins the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised if he that he decides to call it a career on that point as well, too. That'd be something to keep an eye out for. Mine, I'll go with is I'm going to stick with Jason Kelsey. I'm going to say Jason Kelsey in that interior, taking on Chris Jones and angry Chris Jones as well, too, who's had the best season of his career. That's going to be whoever wins that matchup. I think is going to really dictate the game if Chris Jones is blowing up those zone reads from the inside, is pressuring the pocket and forcing Jalen Hurts to run, which Fun fact, Jalen Hurts r- breaking the pocket to throw the ball, not very good at all this year. Like his passing re- pass rating cuts more than in half when he has to throw outside the pocket, which who would have thought, right? Considering he's known right, such, yeah. such a mobile guy, it's like he's either standing in the pocket throwing dimes or he's running for 30 yards. There's no running extending plays to throw the ball with for high success this year. But either Chris Jones blowing it up or they control him and Jalen Hurts is going to is gonna feast like he's back at Oklahoma or Alabama. So that that is what, that's what I'm going to keep an eye on as well too, but we look forward to, we got a lot of fun Super Bowl stuff coming up in the next week. So we look forward to seeing you next week. We'll talk more about those as they get more set in stone as well. Definitely want to join that, join us for the show next week. We might have some fun plan for that one as well, but that's going to do it for the tip off. And that's going to now take us into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. And that is the main event, the main event, as you well know by now, but we're going to go and refresh your memory anyways, brought to you by our good friends over at Manscaped. Use code Hilo sports, get yourself 20% off any purchase as well as free shipping. They even got a new beard trimmer as well, too, so you can keep yourself lined up. As, keep yourself lined up in the face. It's not just for the balls. They have a little bit of everything for you. Crop reserver. Keep yourself smelling fresh. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, as we mentioned earlier as well. If everything is functioning down there, you want to make sure it's looking great as well, too. So between Rex and Dia and Manscaped, you can go ahead and keep everything nice and tidy for that special someone in your life. You know they're always going to, sh- they're going to show up and show out for them. You should do the same as well, too. Don't go in there. Looking like don't go in there looking like Jason Momoa from from Cal Drago in Game of Thrones. You need to look at look your best as well too. And Kelsey, as far as the so there's a little bit of something for everybody as well. We mentioned the beard trimmer as well. You can keep yourself nice and lined up here as well. They got something for downstairs. They got something for the chest. They got deodorant. They got body wash. They got shampoo, and they got crop preserver as well too. Yeah, look, I'm glad you said the crop preserver, man. I got got to talk about it. We just talked about the Kelsey Bowl. Two big guys. Getting at it down there, and look at you. Look as a big guy, sweat a lot. Got to got to keep yourself smelling nice. We all we've all dealt with the baby powder. Get rid of the baby powder. Pick up crop preserver. All it takes just a little spritz downstairs. As soon as you get out of the shower, you are good to go, and you're smelling nice for multiple hours afterwards. So definitely go check out the crop preserver. So that is at Manscape. Use the code High Low Sports 
at checkout for 20% off your order. If you guys haven't already gone and done, done so, get yourself something for Valentine's Day. Or ladies, if you're listening, get yourself something for – get your boyfriend or significant other or whatever, somebody for – something for, you know, Valentine's Day. Got to make them smell nice. Got to make them look nice. So uh, we're not going to figure it out ourselves, unfortunately. <laughs> Go check out manscaped.com. Use code Hilo Sports at checkout for 20% off. All right, well, we've covered everything from downstairs and everything between. So now we're going to go – we're going to stick in the NFL. We're going to stay on the gridiron. We're going to take a look at around and around the coaching carousel goes, and it looks like it's starting to finally slow down a little bit as we have some head coaching vacancies starting to fill slowly. Recapping that, we got Frank Reich, the former Colts head coach, the first domino to fall. He is heading back home, if you will, to Sweet Carolina, where he was actually the first quarterback in team history, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. You also got D'Amico Ryans heading home as well, too. He is heading to Houston to be the new head coach there. A great hire for them as well, bringing back one of their own after a fantastic defensive coordinating season. And on the one that's not really that's shocking, but not shocking at the same time because it makes way too much sense. It's how we got here, though, is Sean Payton is heading to Denver to try and fix the Russell Wilson experiment and see if he could turn the Broncos around as well. The former Super Bowl quarterback and the former Super Bowl coach linking up at mile high to see if they can kind of flip the script after what it, what happened last year. We're going to start with that one because the Broncos have now traded three first-round picks and three second-round picks to acquire Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Is it worth it? That is the question, Kelsey. I'm going to open that one up to you. Is that worth it? Do you think this was the right move? Because I know when we did our coaching matchmaker, this is the one you picked. Our concerns, though, was how do you get him? And, well, it turns out it does not matter. They will find a way. Hey, they found a way, did they ever? Um, Look, is it worth it? Let's start with that question. That answer won't be given until week 18 in 2023 uh, of this 2023, 2024 season. So this next season. So I I can't give you a yes or no. Is it worth it yet? Do I look at it and think it's worth it? Yes. I do think that if you needed to get the, the, the only coach out there that could handle a Russell Wilson right now, was Sean Payton. I think that is this just my opinion. That is obviously what the Broncos thought as well because they shunned their other six rumored guys that they were rumored before Sean Payton to just go straight after Sean Payton at this point in time. And and I'm actually kind of surprised. I said that one more as a they don't even have him lined up as a potential mm. coaching hire type of guy type of guy. Like they don't even have him lined up for an interview. Like I'm not sure this is really going to happen. Um, but I just threw it out there just as like. Don't be surprised because he's the only one I think that has the the, the mind that Russell Wilson would respect enough. Um, and I do think that's what it comes down to. I think if you look at the front office there, Elway and everybody, they know what Sean Payton has done. And they, you, they turned Drew Brees, who is – if we're honest about Drew Brees in his career, if you took away Sean Payton from his career, I feel like we'd all be saying average about a lot of what Drew Brees was able to put on the field. But when you add Sean Payton into his career – you have that entire resurgence post shoulder work with what they did in, in, in new Orleans and wow. Um, yeah. Hall of Famer is what you get with Drew Brees. You get breezes. Super Bowl MVP. You, yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, up until recently, number one yards per, per season. Um, and yeah, like I, I look at this and I think this is, this is Russell Wilson's opportunity to be the guy that he thinks he's, he is. This is his opportunity to be that huge number one quarterback that everybody, you know, believed because they let him talk himself, let let Russell talk them into being believing this. For unlimited. I, yeah, I, I think this is this opportunity to be that guy. 
but I think he's going to be shocked a little bit at the at the first couple moments with Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton's going to there's a little old school to Sean Payton, um, and oh, yeah. I think he's not. I don't. I don't think he's ready. Like it's going to be like harken back to some of those old baseball coaches at NC State that that Russell Wilson was dealing with. Um, that just like, oh, okay, like you're whooping me into shape type of situation. And I think we're going to get a Russell Wilson that's ready and focused to, to, to handle that. So, again, I do I think it's worth it? Yeah, on purpose, on paper, yes. But honestly, we won't get a full answer until week 18, uh, after week 18 of this season. Like, I won't get a full answer for you. But I'm going to say yes. I think this is the perfect opportunity for both guys to kind of Sean Payton to continue his career and then Russell to, to try to figure it out after this awful season. So I will say too, I'm kind of curious because Sean Payton right now back in is a top five coach in the game from last we saw right now. I mean, there's only a handful of coaches that right now in the NFL that have even won a Super Bowl, let alone, and he has done that plus all the winning seasons. So you can make a case he's already top five when he's back into it as well too. I will say they don't have any draft picks now. So what you see is what you get basically. They don't have a lot of cap room if I'm not mistaken either. I don't know how much flexibility they have. So they might have to make some moves. Maybe some of these players might have to go. We saw Bradley Chubb get traded last year to get get some of those picks back. And well, now those picks are gone. They were they were in and out pretty quickly. Maybe Jerry Judy's on the market since they have to pay him soon. Maybe that's something they could try and flip as well. I don't know. He came on really strong last year, but if you can get like a second round pick, I don't know what they it's basically feels like Sean Payne. You you don't have a lot of leeway here. In New Orleans, he is allowed to for lack of a better term, help build that team the way he wanted, and he's able to adjust the team with what they had. We saw in like the high-flying 5,000 yards a season with Drew Brees for four straight years, but there's a few 8-8 eight and eight seasons in there that was just kind of rough. So then in about, I think it was 2017, he flips out on his head, drafts a bunch of defense, brings in Alvin Kamara, makes it a run-first Drew Brees ball control-centric team with a good defense, getting back into the playoffs, get rolling again. He does not going to have a lot of leeway. He's going to have to basically take the roster you have, that's a really good defense, but a potentially leaving defensive coordinator, depending on if he takes one of these final two spots. And an offense that was in shambles last year that you're hoping you can recuperate and you have to hope Russell Wilson, I don't want to say buys into the system, but fits the system. Hopefully you two are able to at least meet in the middle somewhere. So there's a lot of, as you mentioned too, where would Drew Brees be without Sean Payton? Where would Sean Payton be without Drew Brees at the same time? If that yeah, we're going to get an answer on that question too. Exactly. So. We're going to find out real quick. If he could flip the Russell Wilson train around, that's great. Both undersized quarterbacks, but two very, very different quarterbacks at the same time. So that yeah. one was. That I do want to. I do. I, I do want to answer your cap space com- conversation. The Broncos currently have sixty-two players under contract. So the nine point. So nine point two million is what they figure their salary cap, and that's only the the top fifty-one contracts are applying against the because uh, that's their off season. So only top fifty-one contracts apply, um, but that's not including any sort of restructure they might do with like. Some of the other, some of the guys you mentioned, or Graham Glasgow, Ronald Darby, Chase Edmonds, Mike Purcell, type of a situation as well. So, well, we'll have to wait and see. They do have a little. Now, this is not the Catholic gymnastics that they that the Saints had mm. to pull with the the zero dollar contract to Taysom Hill type of situation. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be some some pretty good gymnastics and, nonetheless. And the cap, if I'm not mistaken, is going up by about twenty million next year, so that will help as well too. We'll see what they can do. I think they say that's, it's going that's up. the most like that's the most as of seven hours ago update. Yeah. So should yeah, so should we'll, be should we'll include see. that twenty million. Yeah, so we'll they they got their work cut out for them. We'll leave it that way as well too. We're gonna find out what they have, and you're still in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You still yes. got Justin Herbert, and we're gonna talk more about that Chargers team a little bit later. 
the Raiders not too concerning right now. We're, we we'll just leave it as we'll call Spade Spade not too concerning right now. So we'll see if they can get the Mister Unlimited Russ or the Mister Extremely Limited that we saw last week. But we got some other coaching hires to take a look at. Is the car the Carolina Panthers bringing in Frank Reich? And I feel bad. This should have been Steve Wilkes, but I can't really argue. Frank Reich's a really good coach, a winning record coach with the absolute mess travesty that was Indianapolis the last two years, and he still has a winning record so far. Really good fit. You get to kind of build a team the way you want. A top 10 pick to go get a quarterback you like and some really good talent. Should have been Wilkes, but this is not a bad, for lack of better terms, other option, if that makes sense. That's how I look at this one. Yeah, this one I, I don't really hate. Um, I did think if they were going to go somewhere other than Steve Wilkes, I thought it was going to be Raheem Morris, personally. Um, kind of surprised he didn't get the job, uh, to be truthful. But um, I get the idea of going with Frank Reich. He's and again, this is like D'Amico Ryan's, a guy returning home, you know, back to the Panthers type of situation. He, it's not like he had a bad time in, in, in Indianapolis there. It's just, look, he could, you couldn't get the, the quarterback situation figured out because, you know, your franchise quarterback got killed and, like, he retired right there before the season. And now you're, like, scrambling after that and doing what you had to do. And, and, and frankly, I'll be honest, some of the some lesser coaches probably don't even get that far. Um, to make it through to Matt Ryan, let alone Sam Ellinger in the season and, you know, beyond that. So, like, I, I'll give Frank Wright credit that I think he's a better coach than a lot of people give him are going to give him credit for to begin with. And um, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what he's going to do, and especially that young defense in, in Carolina. And honestly, an offense that's not too terrible. Like, you look at that offense and figure some things out there at quarterback and uh, that that offense is going to be pretty fun Young offensive line dj Moore at receiver and, and terrence marshall as well so you got there's something to work with there i think they just they got to get the they got to get the captain of the ship right they got to find that quarterback spot whether they trade up yeah. in the draft pull somebody out of free agency steal trey lance from the niners i don't know they will see like there's a there's some options out there i'm curious to see what he will and what, what they'll put together there as well and the last one is we mentioned D'Amico ryan's going to the texans for me, it's pretty quick and simple. A perfect fit, young defense, lots of picks, so he gets to build the team I want. And I just, my only hope is the, the last two Texans coaches have been one and done. I really hope they don't try and do this with D'Amico Ryans. I don't think they will. This one feels like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like the, the mess is finally over. The Texans now have a chance. And I'm really curious because they got some young studs on that defense. And you know, with all these picks they have, they're going to bring in some more. They're going to try and make a very nasty defense there in Houston. So I'm looking forward to this fit. Yeah, I think this is the one that you look at, and it was just made in heaven, um, written written in the stars, if you will, uh, brought down, and it's just like, please don't mess this up, Houston, like you had in the past. And uh, obviously, new GM, new owner, and and situation of the last couple couple years, they're just like, all right, let's figure this out. Like, let's let's settle on somebody young and 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 ready to go for our team. And as much as I hate the idea of them using, you know, the last two coaches as kind of stalwart coaches to get to this point. So be it. Uh, it's part of the game, part of the NFL. Um, Six-year contract out the gate for D'Amico Ryan's. All these, con- all these picks. You're given. You're, you're given six years. So you really got to imagine you're given three, in in the NFL. So you have three years to take all these picks and turn it into something competitive in one of the least competitive divisions in the NFL. Second worst. <laughs> and 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 let's be honest. Let's be honest. You already beat both two two teams once a year. Now all you got to do is beat the third team once a year, and you're already doing better than you were. And now you you just just have to win two more games, and you're you're good to go. Um, I don't think 
the tight the Texans are too far away. I think just really you look at that offensive line offensively, um, a few more weapons out there, but defensively, I I don't want to mess with that team. Um, D'Amico Ryan's it can have a field day with that team as it is now. Throw a couple offensive or defensive linemen in there, and you're just you're okay. Good luck. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I think I think this is the perfect situation for him, and and I think. If we're going to see D'Amico Ryan succeed as a head coach, we're going to see him take that full three years. And and it wouldn't be surprised in, in two of those three years that he gets them in the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, and that third year competing for the AFC South. Um, and then beyond that, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he'd stay in Houston uh, beyond that, to be, to be fair. But I I do think he has that six-year contract. There might be an opportunity for, for them to finally have like that long-term head coach that they haven't had for quite some time. It's definitely a nice vote of confidence as well, too. And I think they know it's going to take a little bit of restructuring, rebuilding, reloading as well, too. It's nice to see that he's yeah. given that time. Since a lot of coaches now, you get really a year in that second year, we expect improvement. Third year, you better be you better be done, basically. Like, you better – but you better be – you better be – Third year, you better be there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, next we're going to go to the more quiet of the two remaining ones. We're going to take a look at the Cardinals right now. Who the Cardinals – a little bit quiet of the search as well, too. They have had some interviews. Brian Flores right now actually remains the favorite. Among many others, looks like they're trying to talk with Lou Amarillo, the Bengals defensive coordinator as well, to talk with a few other ones. And for this one, taking a look at the Cardinals, they really can't go wrong, in my opinion, as well, too. Like, they they screwed up the last one pretty badly, bringing in Kingsbury, I thought. It had some moments, but you could kind of see it was not a great fit. I'll let you, I'll let you kind of go first on this one. Cardinals, uh, who would you like to see maybe – Let's say they hypothetically fill this role within the next ten before our next show. Who would you like to see get announced? Well, so they announced their new GM, and that's Monty Olson for for the from the Tennessee Titans, um, former Titans okay. executive. So I, with that announcement, and you look at what's available, like who their coaches are, who the coaching conversations they've had. Um, obviously, both Bengals coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators, Callahan and uh, Anarumo are out there. Uh, Broncos DC Evero is out there. You mentioned him. Brian Flores still kind of remains that favorite. Aaron Glenn is still out there conversationally. Um, Vance Joseph, obviously being the guy that is from the Cardinals. Um, you know, uh, what Dan Quinn, um, who has announced he is actually staying with the Cardinals. So obviously, or staying with the Cowboys. So he's out. Uh, Mike Kafka, the G- Giants offensive coordinator. Those are the guys that are just, I'm looking at their list right now. If I'm going with anybody and I'm going with like a relationship type of guy, I'm, if I'm, if I'm, looking to try to build something. I go with Brian Flores. I don't think there's a question in my mind um, what's available out there. I, I think it's Brian Flores based off of what you have on the list. Now, the only other guy I'd reach out to that you don't have on the list would be Raheem Morris. But again, that's because I like Raheem Morris a lot. I think he's a high quality coach. I think there's a great opportunity for him to get back in the head coaching roles. Um, but again, I get it. You know what you want to, you want to try to avoid retreading if you can in those in certain situations. And Brian Flores technically isn't a retread in the way that things shook down with the NFL and the Dolphins. So I, I don't really consider that a retread, but yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Brian Flores as the guy that I think ends up in, in, in the Cardinals uh, head coaching seat. And I, I think there's, there's a great opportunity there for Brian Flores. I, I, I said it back when he was, you know, taking over the Dolphins. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great defensive mind. That team needs a great defensive mind because they have all the defensive pieces, obviously they losing JJ Watson retirement now, but yeah, like to go across the board there, Buda Baker, everybody, uh, you know, on that, <laughs> that defensive line, defensive, uh, the secondary linebacking core. And young possibly studs. Will Anderson or Jalen Carter coming in with that, whatever they do with that three pick too. Like Lord have mercy. Exactly. So, I mean, do what you will. Um, if you're the Cardinals, you have already have an offense as well. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I do think, I do think if, if I'm, if I'm them, I'm going Brian Flores. I don't second guess that. If I, if, if I have the opportunity to, if I'm Ozen Ford, I'm like, bring him here. Like sit, sir, sir, sit down. Here's blank check. Thank you. Sign. We are in full agreement for the sake of just parody. I will also say if I had to pick somebody besides Flores, we'll say he doesn't want to go there just for some reason. There's like a conflict, like him and the GM decide come to fisticuffs for whatever reason, he's just off the table. I think my next option, I really, really like bringing Brian Callahan from Cincinnati. If I had to pick a second option, he's a polar opposite of Brian Flores. He's I think with him, the track record he has offensively as well too. coaching with Peyton Manning. We see with Joe Burrow. Kyler Murray had a bit of a rough year last year as well, too. We've seen a weird trend where it starts hot and then it tapers off at the end. Starts hot, tapers off the end seven and two, finishes nine and seven. Is that part more Cliff Kingsbury than Kyler? We don't know, but we've seen them both in tandem go up and go down. You gave Kyler Murray 160 million guaranteed. You want to get the most you can out of him possibly as well, too. You have some weapons. DeAndre Hopkins might be on the move, but you have Hollywood Brown. So that's another option to try and you won't get Kyler Murray the first year. So you'll have to work around that or at least for the first half of this upcoming year, we imagine. So that's the other option. But I'm agree with you. Flores is my first choice. If that doesn't work, I like Callahan is my option B, if you will. So I think they have plenty of options. They got a lot of work to do there, but at least you have a quarterback and a top three pick. So you at least have some working ground here, Arizona. Now we're going to move to the biggest mess of them all, the one that is still not even fully come close to taking care of. They have, I think it was 13 first-round interviews, and eight people so far now are set to conduct second-round interviews, including a couple going on this week, as Brian Callahan will be interviewing with the Colts, as well as Steve Steichen with, from the Eagles as well, making a total of eight. There is a long list of people that are still in the running, let alone getting close. We probably won't even get an answer until after our next show. I wouldn't be surprised if we get it literally the day after we record our next show, probably, because that's the way it goes. But there's a long list. Some of them, some of the highlight names, I'm not going to go over all of them, but Raheem Morris, Callahan, Steichen. There's also, excuse me, Aaron Glenn getting a second-round interview with the Lions defensive coordinator. You got Varro from, from Denver as well. Rick Bisaki, the former Raiders interim head coach, who is also the Packers special teams coordinator. And a few and a few others as well, too. Jeff Saturday, of course, is on that list. But we're on the, as far as the, there's a long list of actual options and Jeff Saturday on there as well, too. So, Kelsey, we're going to let you open this one on as well, too. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take this one first. I changed my mind. I'm going to take yeah, this yeah, one Yeah, yeah, go first. ahead. Go ahead. The best option is Raheem Morris because he's, <laughs> A, the former head coach, one with Josh Freeman at quarterback. He's a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator who has offensive coaching experience as a former receiver coach. So if you want to br- – you're bringing in a quarterback here in Indianapolis because that room is a travesty right now. You're probably bringing in one in the draft. He can work with that. And you know his coaching staff is go- going to – He's very well respected, so you know whoever he brings in offense, he's going to bring in an offensive coordinator too, and a defensive coordinator. He's going to bring in a really good staff. He has that former head coach experience as well as he's just the clear man for the job. It feels like, and he had like a fourteen-hour second-round interview, is what it's not, if I read correctly. So like he spent an entire workday and some overtime change with him. So if and him and Chris Ballard feel like a match made in heaven as well too. The way it just kind of the way their minds work, that feels like the best option. Next one, just like the Cardinals, Brian Callahan should be right there. It's, he used to work with Peyton Manning, so that could be a selling point. Be like, Ursa, I worked with Peyton Manning. We know how much you have a hard-on for those days. We buy the fact that you hired Jeff Saturday. Let's make it happen. There's your ticket there. I feel like those are the two clear options with Raheem Morris. The fact that it's not signed, sealed, and delivered is kind of weird, honestly. I feel like that is the clear option. Eric Bianami didn't get a second-round interview, but I think he should. I think the Super Bowl run might just be impeding that because for, former running back, 
I think he has a lot more to do with the run game in Kansas City, considering they always find a way to run the ball with literally anybody back there. You give him Jonathan Taylor and a young quarterback, they will find a way to make it work. So I probably I probably have the same pick as you, but I'm going Raheem Morris. That should be A plus get it done before our next show. That should be the safe one. Get him to get that offseason work started with him. I feel like that's the clear cut. If I was if I'm in charge, that blank check is sent and it I will give him the date for his introductory press conference. We are not taking no for an answer. We will see you there and you can sign your blank check right now. Yeah, I I, I mean I think when I look at the coaching interviews with the the Colts, it just makes me laugh in a lot of ways because I think they really got kind of let down with Ben Johnson obviously coming out saying I'm staying with the Lions. And then probably their backup, in my opinion, was Dan Quinn and him coming out and saying he's staying with the Cowboys was probably a shot in the heart there. And they were just like, oh, great. What do we do here? And what scares me and what really scares me and should scare any Colts fan out there is the fact that their number one person that they they already finished their second interview with after uh, immediately scheduling it was Jeff Saturday. Uh, that should terrify absolutely anybody um that that was the the first and the first sec the first one that was scheduled and completed um usually that's that's usually your favorite offer or from what they said too a few of them got rescheduled because of the winter storm and since since he's local that was easy there were a few that were scheduled before him but that that's what i saw too and i was like really that's your first one but then i saw like apparently the winter storms had to cancel a few of them let's let's hope that's the case because i don't like the idea of just saturday returning i We'll just stand by that. Start as an offensive um, line coach. Work your way up there. You don't get to go from yeah. ESPN to head coach. No, not at all. Um, I, I, I don't mind. I, I Obviously, I love Raheem Morris. I think he'd be a great coach. I don't think he's the coach here, though. Um, I think there's a, a different route to go here. I think you probably want to go like an Aaron Glenn. Only because I don't think Raheem Morris's defensive mind works with what's already on the team defensively for the Colts. I think with Aaron Glenn he can kind of take this Colts team and kind of mold it into what they've done in, in Detroit and, and build it in a much similar, much more similar way where like you can build around, you know, Shaquille Leonard in, in the middle there. You can build around whoever plays middle linebacker for, or outside linebacker in a way that gets him from being the targeted player every play. Like he doesn't, he's not going to have to fight off three blocks every play, which is what they've done in, in Detroit with Malcolm Rodriguez. They were able to, to find a way to get him, to not have to fight off two, three blocks every single play and able to make, you know, point of tackle uh, meetups in, in the line of scrimmage. So that way, you know, you, you're, you're limiting to one, two yards at a time. So I think Aaron Glenn fits more systematically with what Indianapolis has. Um, I don't, again, I don't hate the, Aaron, the, the, the Raheem Morris pick. If you, if you get, if you pick Raheem Morris, by all means, sign him up, get him in the, get him in the, in the building yesterday. Um, but I do think that the opportunity there is probably going to pass them by because the Colts are very slow on these decisions. And I think that's what worries me. And I think that they're going to end up with like an Aaron Glenn, um, Rick Osaccia, probably my second most likely uh, only because I don't think of him as a head, like a coach for X's and O's. I think of him as a head coach who would assign quality coordinators, if that makes sense. Like a guy that won't have his own ego in the way of the offense and defensive situations. Like he's a guy that really is a special teams guy at the end of the day. Um, and, and he, almost. yeah, like I don't, I love that from a head coach. I don't necessarily need my head coach to be offensive or, or defensive coordinated. I kind of want them to oversee the whole team and, and be that type of a, of a coach. I, I, I like that a little more personally. So, um, I do think that would be kind of something Rick Passaccia would bring that would potentially help out something like the Colts. So yeah, those, I'm going to go with Aaron Glenn and then Rick Passaccia as the, as the, who, who ends up with the Colts. 
there's a there's a long list of quality candidates and one not so quality one as well too so they definitely have there's a really good chance to get it right we'll see what they decide to go with either way they do it they're gonna they're gonna have to bring in a young quarterback or something to stop this carousel of geriatrics and we'll see what they they got a lot to work with we got an upcoming draft season we have a top five pick and you have a lot of if you want to tear it down and restart, you got a lot of tradable assets looking at the guys like Kenny Moore, DeForest Buckner, and squad like that as well. So if you want to tear it down, you got you, you got time. you got something to work with. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on there as well, too. So that's gonna do it for the main event now as well, too. A lot to keep an eye out with the coaching carousel. But that's gonna now take us into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That is crunch time. Brought to you by our friends over at Outlier. Use out go to outlier.bet backslash high low sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial for trial for outlier.bet. Basically, think of it like a database for everything you need to know for betting, from betting odds, trends, game trends, everything you need to know to bet smarter, not harder. Win yourself a little bit of cash as well. So we've been using it a little bit on the side, a little bit here and there. And uh, we, if it wasn't for a few certain net players letting us down, like Jalen Hurts being twelve yards short of his rushing goal, we might, we might have a lot. To be more fair, money. I blame I blame the 49ers for that more than anything. The okay. trends were right though. By the way, the trends were correct if the 49ers had kept up their end of the bargain. If they would have, yeah, if they would have just been there basically. But we're actually going to talk a little bit of betting and a little bit on the hardwood. Is I want to get your first opinion on this one. Is I'm looking at the NBA MVP race right now, and this feels like one of the more wild MVP races because I look at there is five guys that have a very, very reasonable case for it right now as well. Too, you had Nikola Jokic averaging a triple double, averaging a triple double as a center. Joel Embiid averaging north of 30 points a game as well too as a center and looking dominant. I think he's averaging 35 now. Coming off a fresh 40 and 18 piece he gave to Nikola Jokic. You got Luka Doncic, who, if you've seen Luka Doncic this year, you already know. Jason Tatum, the leading team in the in the East, putting up north of 30. And Giannis, the best player in the world. And then you still have John Moran with the Grizzlies until they went on this recent skid. Like, there's a lot of guys in this MVP race. This obviously isn't going to be our MVP prediction yet. We'll do that once we get closer to All-Star Week for our midseason awards. But I'm looking at the betting odds right now. Jokic is the favorite and minus 105. Followed by Embiid at plus two hundred, Luca at plus five fifty, Jason Tatum at plus thirteen hundred, Giannis at plus sixteen hundred, which is surprising. Then John Moran at plus thirty two hundred. So, looking at this, how how are you feeling about this MVP race? Is it just me, or does this feel a lot more wide open than we're used to with these normal two to three horse races? Yes and no. I, I've I've kind of always looked at this one like in the last few years. I felt there's a very like I've never quantified it by putting the odds up to it like like we're looking at it now at the betting odds mostly because betting wasn't legal where we were at at the time. So I hadn't really been quantifying it with the odds betting. And and so what I've been doing is I've kind of kept it up with Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and they're kind of on little corner over here, like centers battling it out, just kind of how they've been doing it the last three seasons, just because it's what they do. And then, you know, usually it's been Steph Curry, Luka, Trey Young, LeBron, kind of in this Giannis in this category where they're like, Okay, they're my main, like, I really want you guys to win the MVP. But then you got these two just continuously doing what they're doing, dominating absolutely everybody. And at the end of the season, you kind of just have to combine them and then take what's left out of this hand, which is usually Steph Curry or LeBron, and combine it with either Luka, or not Luka, but uh, Jokic and and Embiid. But this year, it doesn't kind of feel weird to kind of look at the odds this way because it shows exactly what we've all what I've been talking about for the last three years, like, You've had the two centers just absolutely dominating everybody in the in the lead back and forth with each other. And then you kind of have everybody else trailing behind. And it, it it does feel weird in that case, just because it doesn't feel like a center-driven league or like we've been, you know, talking about for so much. But like if you think about it, the last three seasons, I can honestly make an argument for either Joel Embiid or 
or, or it to be uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously a Jokic winning two out of the last three, uh, that it could have been either either one to win the last three. Like it could you could have just taken your pick, um, and you would have been right. So, yeah, I don't. It feels weird, but I, I, I'm I'm still looking at this, and I'm I don't know. I eventually somebody's going to have to be able to shut down what Jokic can do and and what Embiid can do, right? That's that's my thought process. Like they're going to figure him out, like like Giannis. They can't just keep doing what they're doing. Is my thought. So maybe at the end, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching for straws. But it feels weird. It really does feel weird to look at this like statistics and see kind of what you've always been feeling that it was really just the centers just walking away with it and the rest mm-hmm. of us are just here to watch. And it may not be entertaining, maybe super boring for everybody else that's not a Nuggets or Sixers fan or not an Embiid or Jokic fan. But like for me, I think it's kind of cool. What's crazy too is we're coming off back to back to back to back MVPs where Giannis won two in a row and Jokic won two in a row. Last year, we both kind of made the case as well, too, that Jokic, while deserving of the MVP, you could have very easily given it to Embiid last year. You can make a case. At least I made the case. I think he was just as deserving, if not more. This year, Jokic's stats are more impressive, but at the same time, everybody else is looking so damn impressive on top of him. Mitchell's not far out of that as well, too. He's like four spots down there, and he has 71 piece and has missed a week. You have LeBron at almost 40, averaging almost 40, it feels like. there's. It feels like this year there's a lot of options. I'm curious to see who's going to pull away. I do have a feeling it's going to be the Giannis and Bede Jokic are going to be three of the final four, almost guaranteed at this point as well, too. The big men continue to, and the question is, do how do Luca and Jason Tatum and some of those guys go as far as staying healthy and continuing the cook? But right now I'm looking at that Giannis plus 1600. And that's, that's interesting. You're never going to see odds like that next to a Giannis very, very often as well, too. He's normally in that plus two to 300 is range as well. He had 50 points in 30 minutes just the other night and still sitting at plus three. Plus 1600. The basketball is absolutely insane this year. The MVP race is very tantalizing to watch. And we'll make our predictions closer to all star break when we do like the midseason NBA awards. So we got a lot to look forward to there as well, too. And Kelsey, for crunch time, do you have anything you want to rant, rank, or ramble about as well, too? Are we feeling, we're feeling, are you about to go go throw some bets on some of these futures? I'm actually looking at some of these futures. I, I'm liking the Luca odds. They're 50, 550 there for Luca. Um, just put a nice little five bucks on them and see what, see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, hey, Shea Gilchrist Alexander plus eighteen thousand. He's not going to win it, but he sure should be an All Star starter. That's for sure. If 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 he if I could get a show placement for him, then absolutely. <laughs> like if I could get a top five placement and that counted for for him winning, I would take those odds. But uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, I, it is really weird the way the end of, and 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 NBA's MVP is going to end up shaking out yet again this year. Is like just at the end of the day, statistics matter, man, and nobody's putting them up better than than Jokic and Embiid back to back. Last final yes or no question. You got roughly 10 seconds. Do you think voter fatigue factors into the Jokic MVP MVP vote? Yes. If it comes down to Jokic and Bede, yes. I think if it, I think unless Jokic gets you a 30-point triple-double average and they're the number one seed, I think it's going to go to somebody else at this point too. Because yeah. And at the same time, those playoff burnouts the last couple of years, I think they're going to be people's minds whether they admit it or not. They will never admit it, but you, you haven't won a playoff game in two years, it feels like. It, it's yeah. been a rough couple of playoffs so serious at least yeah exactly like and then last year didn't win one but i digress we will see it's going to be a very tantalizing race down the stretch and that that i can't wait to see who's going to get first team all nba because it's going to be a crowded list but that is going to do it for us here on this episode of the high low sports podcast we appreciate you all for joining us we will see you all again next week for our super bowl week show as well too we got a lot coming up and we will talk more about that in the future but until next time we'll talk to you all later